The answer is them, them falling on their swords and us showing them that we can do it better. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Otto Gomes Crypto Show. My name is Otto Gomes. I'm your host. And today we have one of the people on the streets, frontline freedom fighters is, I guess, the best term, uh, Jeff Weitzman. He's a director and writer for Cancer Can Be Killed and Flipping the Script. Jeff Weitzman is an award-winning filmmaker, musician, speaker, and writer. After recording three music albums and producing five documentary films in the last five years, Jeff is now currently involved with California Health Freedom for Humanity and has been instrumental in using the law to stop illegal mandates. If you want to know what it is to be one of the people in the front lines since the beginning, since really starting this whole pandemic, and let's call it, this is the guy. This is the guy who has taught many on how to deal with very, very triggering moments during those conflicts that was happening during 2020 and 2021. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Weitzman. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Weitzman, sir, thank you so much for being here. I certainly appreciate your energy and your time. Otto, always good to be with you. So, so I, I love doing these interviews to try to get to know the interviewee more and dive deeper into your journey. So uh, if you can just share what that journey was for you up until this point, and specifically, what was that red pill moment that really shook you out of the matrix? You know, um, the, the first red pill moment was when my uh, wife, when I was 27 years old, had an affair with my best friend. Mm. And that was the moment where everything I grew up with and my response to everything I grew up with, I realized had failed. And um, I mean, I was a completely broken, shattered 27-year-old kid. And I went to therapy and you know, the therapist said, um, well, he, you know, the therapist really helped me figure out what relationships were all about. And then I had a, an acting teacher that said, nail me up against the wall if I'm wrong, but I'm willing to bet that your father was an alcoholic. And I was like, well, you know, he might drink every day, but I don't, it's not an alcoholic because of course, you know, we're, we're taught all these things to protect our parents when we grow up. I was taught that a drunk, an alcoholic is somebody who's, you know, a skid row guy, homeless guy. All right. There's no, no way. And my father was a doctor. So he's an anesthesiologist. So I'm like, well, no, he couldn't be an alcoholic. And so that's where everything broke down for me. And Otto, I really consider it to be the greatest gift in the world that my father was a doctor because that's where all the gaslighting and all the shit we're going through right now, it's all coming from the pharmaceutical companies. And if I hadn't seen firsthand what a doctor is like, what sort of protocols they have to follow, how they really are taught not to trust themselves, they're taught to completely adhere to this list of things that's completely disconnected from them as human beings. Mm. So that was the best. But then, you know, I came out to Hollywood 
to be an actor. And, you know, the red pill moment for me there was that, oh, wow, this isn't about talent at all. This is about something completely different, like schmoozing or sleeping with somebody or having some connection. Like this isn't about talent. So I got out of that pretty quickly. I mean, I, I probably only lasted 10 years. I, I made it as far as I could and then couldn't go any higher. Mm -hmm. So I got into the music business. And then I found out that all the music that's on the radio is paid to be on the radio. So it's like, well, that's stupid. I mean, it just, everything just kept for me. I refused to get a record deal because I knew they were going to own me. And I was able to sell my music to TV and film, but um, it, it was just a series of really of learning that um, it's not about, there's nothing out there about truth. And if somebody does want the truth, they have to leave the system. And I mean, that's what I appreciate about you. Um, you have left the system in so many ways. You've been on the forefront of starting with the alternative system. And so, um, you know, we can go further into this, but that that's in, in essence is where the red pill started for me. Wow. I didn't know. So there's a few things there that you mentioned that I, I actually didn't know about you. Um, and I appreciate you sharing, but yeah, it's, it's, I, and I appreciate you sharing that about me. Like, it, yeah, you know, we are shifting, we're shifting away from these centralized systems and it's a matter of awareness. It's a matter of like, are, do you see the writing on the wall or you don't? <laughs> um, but so, so tell me, tell me how it was for you when co when 2020 hit, when things really shifted on a, on a collective level, um, how did it shift for you? Did you, how did you, why did you, or did you feel some need or some calling to speak out about it during, during that time? Yeah. So seven years ago, my wife got cancer and the doctor said, we're going to have to remove her bladder because it was bladder cancer, cut her vagina in half, and we're gonna have to give her chemo and radiation and 50% chance of survival. And instead we went to Germany where they treated it naturally with IV nutrients uh, hyperthermia, which is focused heat and ozone. And her cancer was gone in 30 days. Wow. And she came back, changed her nutrition. I talked to the doctors about it. I said, what are you doing? Pulling bladders out of women and cutting them open like that when they don't need to be cut open. And of course the doctors didn't want to hear it. And so I made a film about it. The film went viral. Um, eventually Adam Schiff wrote a letter to Jeff Bezos saying, what are you doing to control the medically inaccurate information on your site? There's nothing medically inaccurate about what I put in my film. And again, that was the awareness that, oh my God, not only do they not want to learn how to treat viruses so easily, it's, it's, it's not even difficult. You just give somebody IV nutrients, boom, virus gone. It's that easy. And so not only does the government not want to know about how to treat viruses, but they're actively squashing everybody, including me, who wants to get the information out there that there's another better way of doing things. Mm -hmm. So once we hit 2020, Otto, I was, I was even out in front of it before. I was like, before the whole lockdown came, I was posting online people do not worry about this thing that they're going to say is such a threat because IV vitamin C will work every single time. And that's when people came out against me and said, Jeff, you're killing people. Shut up. You're not a doctor, all that stuff. 
So I, I was already, I already had an ax to grind the day that this thing came out. Right. So once we got to the whole mask mandates and shopping and you can't shop without a mask, I was ready to go to war. And then I realized, oh my God, I can't just yell and scream. That's not going to solve anything. So I was on the forefront of asking God, what's the alternative to screaming and yelling at somebody so I can get my organic fruits and vegetables. And that's kind of where things got really interesting for me. I like, so, <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, before I saw the first video I saw of you, I think was, it might've been sprouts. Um, and the, and the reason I saw that video is because I had my own issue at sprouts and my own interaction that I filmed and posted about, and it went viral. But um, yeah, I, I had I had the same thing. You know, initially I was like, oh, this is, I saw the writing on the wall. I was like, oh, this is all fake. This is crazy that's happening. And so when I went to the store to go just get my produce, get my stuff, the guy's like, hey, where's your mask? And I, and I, and I, and I went down that same road. I think it's like initially, um, you know, our nervous system reacts because of the belief system, because of what we believe in, you know, on both sides. Cause you had the, the, the people on, on the, on that side, you know, I said that side, the people that are believing the mainstream narrative had their own visceral reactions. So seeing your video and seeing this whole new way that you can approach the same situation, like in this calm. And, and I remember I seen the video and you're, you were just, you were so calm in the way that you presented the information that I was like, man, he must've worked on himself so much to be able to get to that moment to really be present and grounded. Um, so thank you for doing that. And, yeah, and, and Otto, just, the, the, the irony of the whole thing was, see, I, I'm a German, I have a German background and we are, we're very efficient. Yeah. We, we do everything <laughs> this way and love is not a part of our heritage. We only do things efficiently. So if you care about love, we don't care. Uh, so <laughs> for, for me, I had to go to this place of how do I love that guy at Sprouts, that manager that's telling me he's not going to check me out unless I, I do this stuff. And so love was, was really useful, but even better for that was I, I fell in love with the law. And, and there are actually laws about this stuff. There's, there's a federal law that says any emergency use device like a mask, we have to have informed consent and the option to refuse because there's no long-term safety testing. And I think that gave me the confidence to feel like I'm bulletproof. Not, not like, oh, I have, I have one up on this guy. It was like, I'm fucking bulletproof. You can't touch me. So armed with love and the law, I just walked through, was very nice to them, calm, um, paid cash when they wouldn't check me out. Uh, when the police came, you know, I was very nice to everybody and they didn't, they couldn't stop me. Every time they say to me, we're calling the police. I go, thank you. Thank you. Because I just know it's going to be in my favor. So um, I think it was really these, those two things. It was love and this, this feeling of being bulletproof because I knew the law. You know, so if, if those listening and watching, if you don't, if you haven't watched this, these videos that he's put out, essentially Jeff walked into these establishments during the, the situation. Um, and I'm using code words because the AI is constantly listening. So be aware. Um, but 
Yeah. So he, he went to these establishments. Sprouts uh, was one. I think he did this at Whole Foods. Uh, Two farmers markets, Home Depot, Ikea. Um, Yeah. The list, everything in a 10 mile radius of my house. (laughs) I love it. You, you actually went to your local, to your actual local places and like, I'm going to have my local places back. Every single place. Just yeah. In, in Los Angeles, mind you. Right. In the middle of it. Literally in the middle of the fire. Um, so if you haven't watched it, definitely take a look at his Instagram. It's Jeff, J-E-F-F, Weitzman, W-I-T-Z-E-M-A-N. He sh- he's showcasing and like, you know, it's easy to look at some of these videos or videos that go online of people yelling at each other and like, just they're, they're, they're doing their job. They're doing their job. Like, let them be. But you normalized something different. You normalize this different way of presenting what you want with love, presenting what you, what, what is, what should be natural with love. And it's a different delivery. It's a whole different, it's like the person's more receptive. The person is more open to, okay, this guy's not just yelling at me. What, what else is there? Um, so tell me, tell me a little bit about how you got to that point. Like, I know you mentioned that you, you wanted to do things with love, but like, what did you see in, what was it about in your life that happened that shifted you away from fear and into a love state? Because I feel like most people are, are now in, you know, having to make a decision. You either go deeper into the fear or you go into the love. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the end thing that I got out of that whole thing was there's no defense against a calm man or woman armed with the truth. And if you throw love in there, it's game over. And about nine months prior to this success I had at Sprouts and all the places in where I was in La Crescenta, Burbank, La Cunada, Pasadena, um, all those areas. Prior to that, I had my wife passed away from cancer. And what we learned from that, because she was doing really well for about five years after she did the natural treatment. And then the cancer came roaring back and took her life in a matter of three months. And what we learned from that experience was that unless a person deals with the emotions of being victimized as a childhood, um, there's no amount of holistic treatment in the world that's going to help somebody because the toxins that the body creates, um, you know, feeling the weight of that victimization, it's just too much. Mm. The antidote which I made a film, Beliefs and Stories, to answer the question, why did she die? The antidote to all that is speaking out and saying, you know, what happened to us, telling other people, not caring what other people say back to us, like, oh, you're not supposed to say that. Oh, really? Well, I'm going to keep saying it more. So if you have a problem with it, go away. And on the last couple of weeks of my life, when she was about to pass away, she had a new mantra. And her mantra was, F all y'all. This is my life. And if you have a problem with it, go get help. And I watched her live it out when a couple of people called her and said, you know, stuff like you should do more chemo or or you shouldn't do this or whatever. She would say so and so. I love you very much. Thank you for calling. Goodbye. And click. And it'd be as simple as that. I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. So kind of inspired by her leveling up at the end of her life. I went to a place of like, oh God, I finally have to take responsibility now for everything in here. Cause really the choice for me was 
I either stay in the victim state of being that guy who lost his wife to cancer. You know, I was in the support groups and man, these people were not doing very well. And it was either stay in that space of now being a victim to that or saying, okay, that's it. I'm going to take responsibility for everything in here. And I'm going to take this as a sign that she moved on so that I could get to a new place. So I was already hitting the ground running auto with this new thing of um, I've lost everything. Now, why don't I just really go as far as I can go with the whole taking responsibility opening up to God. What's this life all about? Uh, you know, what's, what, what does a real path look like? Mm. I think that's where it started. And so really the, the whole challenging the mask scenario in supermarkets was really just an outgrowth, right. Of that necessity to speak out also to act in love, also to take responsibility for this. And um, you know, the beautiful thing about that is, that uh, after that, you know, Sprout said no more masks for any shoppers nationwide. And then that sort of carried over into the other supermarkets once they realized that they were going to get sued. So it did have a domino effect and um, just amazing, you know, the proof of the power that we have. I, I wanted to say, because I remember when I went back to this, I was like driving by and I went back to the store. I'm like, oh, let me try it again. And I saw nobody was wearing masks. And actually, was that's when I learned that Sprouts wasn't doing it. And I had to, I, in my own dots, right? I'm like, oh, it was Jeff. Jeff did it. He did it. <laughs> That's cool. I know a lot of people were fighting them. And I think I was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, you were, the, you were consistent and you were also, you know, filming it and you're showing it. And I'm sure, I'm sure, because you're hitting numbers there in those videos that it was circulating. I'm sure somebody that was connected to Sprouts was like, uh-oh, <laughs> we got to do something about this. <laughs> They were, man, they did see it. And, and, you know, it's, there's a whole new form of guerrilla filmmaking that is possible out there. And I love that type of filmmaking. I love when people show, you know, that, that somebody else doesn't have the power that they think they do. It reminds me of, uh, you know, Justin, we are change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's, he's on that same wavelength as you where he's like, on, on the scene, catching it in the moment. And I love that. I love that. You know, there's, there's a type of person that, uh, um, is just, uh, is, it shines in that state, in that specific moment. Yes. And, and it's you, you're tight. You, you, you do that and, so well. And, and then Otto, um, a couple months ago, you know, when the schools were enforcing masks on kids and, and we were really aware you know, when the Super Bowl is going on and nobody's wearing a mask at the Super Bowl, it's like, yeah, no, this isn't going to happen anymore. So we we then went to schools with that same guerrilla warfare of presenting them with the law, filming it, holding them accountable. And what was beautiful to watch was we went to a few schools, you know, kind of told them what the law was and, and held them to it. And then the next school, which found out where we were going to be, they actually hired an ex-police officer, they gave him a security guard coat just to try to stop me. And, and I filmed that and um, it didn't go well for him. Wow. I, I made it, I made it completely through. He couldn't stop me. I went with the sheriff. I actually, <laughs> you know, I pulled the sheriff in with me. We walked into the school and served these people. And after that, when they realized they couldn't stop me, the principals started literally hiding in their offices and locking the doors 
and not allowing us to get in to see them. And they would even lock the door to the school when parents were there to pick up their kids with me, which just shows you when people are confronted with the law, um, they, they know, they know that, okay, we might not get them to court tomorrow, but because we're videotaping it, they're forever going to be recognized as people that broke the law. So it's pretty exciting. I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad you kind of shifted a little bit into the law talk. Um, First question, when can we tar and feather these guys? (laughs) First question. (laughs) But seriously, seriously though, I mean, what's happening here? Like, are we, are we, are we shifting the law here? Are we, you know, is, let's talk a little bit about that, about jurisdictions and, and practical steps, because it seems like we're winning in, in, at least like for you, you know, you putting yourself into the middle of it and doing the work and embodying those practices, there's some actual response. There's an actual, you know, it's like, um, um, precedent, right? That's what they say. Precedent. So, so yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Like what, what, what's happening here? Why, Why are we winning? So first of all, what has been happening over the last two years is utter lawlessness and they have justified it by using this term, an emergency. And, you know, we've learned what their tricks are. Their tricks are they create a problem and then and then they offer this really kind of bad solution and say, see, we're the saviors because we got you out of your problem. And so I think what all of us have woken up to is that, first of all, there is a constitution. Second of all, there is something called God's law or natural law, which you know, basically you cannot tell another human being what to do with their body. They have a right to say whatever they want to about their body. You just can't take that away. I don't care what sort of emergency you're claiming, because if there is an emergency, then all the people who are afraid should be staying home, not the people who are actually healthy. So um, in terms of the law, we've just got clearer on what the constitution is, what the law is. It's only a matter of time before we get judges who will hear those cases in court but we're also learning that the whole legal system is fraudulent. Um, so it's all based on money. It's about every time there's a case, they, they issue a bond, they make money off the bond. It's not about justice at all. So what a lot of us have been doing now that are kind of waking up to this lawlessness is, you know what? I want to get out of this system. I don't want to be a part of it anymore because it's fraudulent on every level. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to become an expatriate of sorts. I'm going to become a non-citizen national. And so now um, I'm, it's not that I'm renouncing. I still have a social security card. Um, I could have a driver's license if I want. I'm, I'm going to let go my driver's license. I'm going to have something called a national passport. And then every time the cops pull me over, I'll give them the national passport and let them see that. But I'm, and I'm not going to be voting uh, because, you know, my experience is the whole the whole voting thing is completely fraudulent. So you know, God bless all those people that are running for office that are freedom fighters, and um, you know, I hope they win. And um, there's still so many people that aren't removed from the voting system. So I'm I'm sure we can get a lot of those people in. But uh, in terms of myself, I'm going to be removed from the system. So now I'm in a different place. So if the government tries to inflict anything on me, until including saying. You know what? You can only on your 10 acre ranch, you can only have one house on it. Um, I'm going to be like, well, no, actually, I have the land patents 
and you you have no jurisdiction over me. So uh, you see that sign on the front, it says private property and there's a, there's a code there. You might wanna scan that code and read the legal definition of what this whole thing is because you have no jurisdiction. So you're gonna to have to leave now. So that's where we're getting to is this point because the United States is a corporation, it's not even a country. So uh, everything that they're running on is, is all sort of, it, it's fake in a way in the sense that once we understand who we are, what our rights are, uh, they can't touch us anymore. And so I think that's the beauty of where we're headed. Okay, whoa, you just, you just lay down a big nugget there. So wait, the US is a corporation? Indeed it is. <laughs> Indeed it is. There's a great book called Fruit from a Poison Tree. Hmm. And uh, in it, this guy, Melvin Stamper, went through his own journey of learning all the, the lessons he had to learn um, you know, the other thing is, I don't even know if the U.S. claims ownership of any land. The Vatican actually claims to own all the land in the U.S. Wow. And so um, that's why things like getting land patents are, you know, that's a new thing for us that we didn't even know we could get land patents. But yeah, in terms of the United States, um, you know, the other thing is taxes are voluntary. It's like, wow, who knew that? You know, the IRS is offshore somewhere. It's not even on, on the land here. So, uh, but to get to taxes are voluntary, you have to first be in a space where you're separate, where they can't own you or control you. And that's been the problem is once we were born with the birth certificate, they took control of all of us. They put their hooks in. They sold us on the on the market as a bond for our productivity, and and they basically owned us. And then we couldn't even go to court and say, "Hey, uh, I you know these are my rights." So when it, when you hear things like taxes are voluntary, they're only voluntary for people that are outside the system and then don't have to do it anymore. And I, and I would even to compound on that, I would even argue that it's not just you know, when you say outside of the system, it's not just the practical, obvious system that we're talking about, but I would say it's even a mindset, like letting go of, it's like a spiritual thing. Like you have to, if you don't, if you don't embrace that side of it, I, in my opinion, it's going to be a much more difficult experience for you if you are trying to separate yourself from that system, because it's really like, good point. still your daddy over there. You know, if you really, if you don't let go of that. Really good point. And I think a lot of us had the illusion that we could hire an attorney to write up some paperwork for us and then we'd be good, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. Because what happens is they can still pull you in for questioning, right? And you don't have any attorney with you at that point. In fact, you don't want an attorney because that means you're giving up your power to this other person. So you well, want he's, an, he's an officer of the law, right? Not yeah. an officer of Otto Gomes. <laughs> He's right. His the lawyer's fiduciary is to his degree. It's not to you. And so that's why you really do want to know all this stuff so that when they come at you, you can say, yeah, no, I'm a non-citizen national. You have no jurisdiction over me. Mm -hmm. uh, here's my paperwork. Uh, I've, I've unhooked from everything that you're talking about. And um, by the way, if you continue to uh, hold me against my will, now you're on the hook for, you know, your job being taken away from you, your assets being frozen, like the, you're in some really dangerous territory right here. So now who's threatening who, right? It, it's, it's all of a sudden it's gone. It's gone the other way around. 
Man, this is such a, uh, oh, wow. I'm, I'm close to starting that journey myself um, and just seeing how that is going to look like and work. So um, if we can kind of shift a little bit into, if we can give some meat to the audience. So you had mentioned about the things that you're doing for the schools and you're, you're going to the schools and showing the law and show, you know, Hey, you can't do this. What, what are some things that the people listening could potentially start doing for their kids? If that is still a thing in their area? Yeah. So right now we have an unprecedented number of parents that are pissed off and it's not hard to find them. There's Facebook groups in just about every single school district. And what you want to do is link up with these other parents, because as you operate in numbers, you have leverage and you can go to school board meetings and you can tell them, hey, here's what we're demanding. And there's eventually, uh, you know, every elected official, the superintendents, the board members, they all have insurance to uh, defend themselves, to support them. Sometimes it's called a surety bond. Sometimes it's just called, you know, insurance but we can go after that. We can make a claim and say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Insurance Company or surety bond, your boy or girl here that you're insuring is violating the law. They're committing racketeering, fraud, uh, and the list goes on and on. I mean, with our local guy here, we it were 10 different things that were going on. So, um, you know, there's, there's all these tricks we have now to go after these people. So they have to be honest. But beyond that, parents are saying, you know what, screw the whole public education system, because even if they do take the mass off our kids, you know, they're going to they're going to jab them. Even if they don't jab them, they're going to indoctrinate them at from kindergarten to third grade, telling them, you know, sexual stuff that parents don't want their kids to know. So what parents are doing is they're they're getting these other alternatives, either a private school or one room with a teacher and 10 students or they're homeschooling and they're co-op doing their homeschooling. And these kids are getting an education far better than you know the public education system because these kids now are getting to question reality. They're getting to say, hey, what really you know, did happen you know, to, to in 1776 and, and when the when 1933 hit and we had the massive recession, what, what sort of things did the government do to switch all the banking around so that now they could uh, you know, pull some tricks? So there's so much that we can teach these kids. And um, so, yeah, there's just options like never before right now for education. You know, I, for a while, I'd say the first year and a half of 2020 to 2021, I was really in the state of like, convinced. I got to convince people that this is happening. I got to, I got to prove it to people. You know, it was very desperate, this very desperate energy that I was giving out every day to where the beginning of 2021 hit and I shifted. I, I, some things happened in my life that I'm like, I'm depleting myself. And I wanted to start focusing that energy on creating and, and really just focusing on creating the new, what I wanted, the reality I want. So, um, I don't know if you ever heard that saying that if you want the old system, well, what it, I forgot exactly what it was, but for something like, if you want the old system to die out, just make it obsolete, create something new that's going to make the old system obsolete. So when do, when do we, so two, two part question, when do we shift towards, instead of fighting for this old system, just creating the new, 
And is crypto a part of it? <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think the time to do it was the beginning of 2022 for a lot of us, mm -hmm. where we started creating the new system. And, you know, it's funny because I'm in a group of about 10 freedom fighters here in San Diego. We have a very strong freedom community. And there's one freedom fighter out of the group that always wants to fight the new bill that's coming down the pike. Or she wants us all to post on the WHO's website, the World Health Organization. They want input from us right now. And I'm like, first of all, the WHO, it's like Satan. So why would you want to go on their website and give them information? They're not going to take it from you. They don't care. They're just giving you the appearance that they want your input. And in terms of our legislatures, I welcome them passing all these laws to kill children and to uh, you know violate human rights and all that stuff, because the sooner they pass those laws, the sooner everybody wakes up. It's like the answer is them, them falling on their swords and us showing them that we can do it better. And you know, our what we're doing is just going to grow and grow and grow, whether it's our music, whether it's our education, whether it's our health care, whether it's protecting ourselves legally, whether it's knowing how to make money. Uh, like you do with cryptocurrency and like I do with the market, because I actually didn't go the crypto route, Otto, to make my um, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I, I knew because of what Klaus Schwab said, I knew that they were going to destroy this economy so they could set up their own, you know, set up this digital economy that they want to have. They have to tear it down first to build up the new. So I've just been buying put options and I've been making money hand over fist just on the market with put options. But as we progress, we are going to need to do business with each other and they are going to try to do away with cash. And they're going to say, okay, all you have is the digital dollar and we're going to restrict your access to the digital dollar unless you do A, B, C, and D. And so that's when we're going to come in there and say, oh no, we're going to barter. We're going to use crypto. Uh, if you're going to tear down our crypto, we're going to form new crypto. It's like you really can't stop us. The only way you can ever succeed is if you bamboozle people and con them. Mm -hmm. But we're the stuff we're doing is too good, and they're going to see that and they're going to wake up. So that's my experience of it. What What's your experience? Oh, I love it. I love it. That's exactly um, you know really the direction that I'm going with my creation. And, and I, and I, I asked that question because as you were describing the structure that you're setting up for school set for the schools, it's like, oh man, uh, crypto would be amazing for that. Cause really all the, the, the biggest shift that we're making here, it's not like, we're still going to use the same buildings. We're still going to use the same structures. It's about, you know, the, 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 the digital systems that are paying the people, the digital systems that are are funneling upwards to a, a smaller group that's making decisions and where that money is getting distributed. So that flow of energy, I actually teach this a little, uh, in my course, but the flow of energy currently is a pyramid, right? Where we have this massive base, all of us throwing up energy, throwing up money and, and time and even our even our ability to discern and like choice to this top of the pyramid. And if you look at the flow of energy in any pyramid, it goes up and out. And so it's literally this like black hole of energy that we're just throwing our, you know, throwing up to that 1%. 
What I'm suggesting is, hey, let's use crypto and flow. Instead of flowing the energy up, let's flow it back into the middle. And what does that, what does that create? A toroidal field, right? What are we? What are human beings have a toroidal field of energy? It's our aura that circulates around us. Magnets, right? The magnets have the toroidal field, which means the energy feeds back into the, into the community, into that closed system. Uh, and these closed systems are very specific towards one cause or towards one ideology or religion or whatever you want it to make, really. It's whatever brings the people together. Um, so as you were describing the whole school thing, I was like, oh, man. Right now, they have these things called decentralized autonomous organizations. They're, they're blockchain-based, um, a few things. So it's just a blockchain-based uh, venture capital. It's a blockchain-based uh, voting system. It's a blockchain-based dividend payout system. It's a blockchain-based reserve system, like the Federal Reserve. Oh my goodness, we don't need them anymore. So you have all these things built into this system. Oh, and last thing, it can be, um, uh, a, you can have a, a membership wall with NFTs, non-fungible tokens, a membership wall so it can be private. Imagine going into a school and it's an open school, everything's there, but it's a privately organized, privately managed by the community, right? Yes. By the community um, um, organization, privately, private organization. And so it changes well, at least what I'm learning is that there's a difference between making something public as opposed to making it private, the jurisdiction issue, right? Um, so it's a whole different system. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just, I guess I'm, what I'm trying to say is I see that happening. I see a future where we're connecting to each other through our skills, like we're, we're making money through our skills, uh, skill sets, you know, uh, products that we create because of those skills and not using any third party monetary system that's centrally governed. You know, it's just tokens that represent our skills, essentially creating a digital bartering system. A do digital you think it'll be, Otto, do you think it'll be hard for us to pick a particular currency to use with each other or will that not be an issue? It won't be an issue. And so there's, there's uh, I'll tell you a few numbers. Um, you'd be, you'd basically be creating your own. So you need about a thousand people, a thousand people puts together about $15 million, give or take. It's about $15,000, $20,000 each, right? And what that is essentially is, is pulling money together. Everybody comes together and we pull money into a smart contract, okay? So that smart contract, everybody owns the money that is in that contract individually, okay? Then you'd have a board that's chosen by the community. And you, and you need to have a board initially because we're in a transitionary period. So you need people that you can trust that can do the steps, you know, the, go through the veil of from blockchain to real world. So that board would be like, you know, four, four people, eight people, whatever. So everybody pulls their money together and then they're like, all right, cool. We have our money together. And then the board's like, all right, guys, what do you guys want to do? And then you literally talk to the community and they go, all right, we want to, let's buy us, let's buy a school. Right. There's, there's 15, $20 million in this, in this Dow. Well, you can buy stuff with it. <laughs> so they're like, all right, let's, let's buy a school, a building at least. Right. And we'll start there. So you buy a building or you, you say you vote, you, you create the proposal of buying a building. Everybody looks at the proposal. They vote on it. It reaches a threshold of amount of votes you need. And then the funds get released to the board. The board, however many people have, each one has an individual key 
So it's a multi-signature wallet that everyone needs to come together to unlock, to then release the funds. So it's a two-layer process. And you can see all this. It's all, it's all on the blockchain. So you can see visually what's happening. And now they have the funds and only the amount that's released that was voted on gets released. And now they have the funds to do the rest. Essentially, what you're doing is you're, um, because you have that closed system, right? Um, everybody's inside that system is just using the tokens that exist for that system. And so what are some cool things that you can do with this now, right? Now that you have the school that, that now the community owns through this DAO. Well, let's say that there's a, a, a music teacher comes in and they're like, I don't want to teach music. Cool. You're the music teacher. Well, let's make a market for you. What? So we make a market for that music teacher. He creates his own token, right? And then we sell the main DAO tokens at 50% value to that teacher. Everybody else has to pay 100% in the markets, but to that teacher, because he's going to be part of the system, we're giving it to him 50, 50% off. So now he has a market and we, and we helped him in that market by giving them the tokens at 50% off. So now he has this market to represent his skill, his thing that he does. And so now the school can pay him through that market that he can then offer the same service to somebody else outside and say, Hey, if you use the, the school tokens or the, you know, the Dow tokens to pay for my school, you get it at 50% off. And so now you're creating these ecosystems, these little markets within the main market. And so imagine a police officer, a garbage man, everybody has their skills coming into this. And it's like, you know, it can be a geographical DAO uh, community. So it's like locally, just like you went to the local buildings and, you know, the local sprouts and the local locations, because you're like, I want to do it for my community where I live. So you can do the same thing for a DAO. Just have everyone that fits every skill set in there. And then that's it. You don't have to use cash now because you have a barber in there. You have the, the, you have the, the, the chef or the, the guy that cuts the meat, or you have the, the, the farm, right. Where you get the, the perma, the permaculture farm that you can get free food from because it's part of that DAO. So it's all in this toroidal field of feeding back into that same system. Fascinating. Fascinating. Well, uh, yeah. sounds like, uh, there'll be a lot for me to learn, but also a lot to work out. Um, you know, it just seems like somebody along the way is going to be saying, hey, I'm not getting a big enough piece of the pie. And um, we'll have to help them understand how this new system works. No, you, you won't even have to do that because the system pays out uh, proportionally to the amount of money that you invest, that you put into the DAO. Got it. Well, what so if they don't have any money to start with? So, and then that's, um, uh, and actually I'm working with a few companies that are doing this. Uh, you'd have to create a barrier of entries that are based on sweat equity. Okay. So then it's like, okay, well, well what's your skill? What's Got your it. product? What, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, and it. then, and then it's like, well, if you're not doing anything and you're relying on that system and you're not working on yourself, we don't, you know, <laughs> not a bad idea at all. Right. Like and, it, and it's like, it doesn't matter how much money you have, bro. Right. Yeah. It changes things because that's really their, their, the the one percent superpower is money. That's all they have. That's yeah. all they have. They don't have true skill sets. I mean, I, you know, I say they, this massive group of people. Maybe individually they might have skills, but as a they, you know, all they have is is the money that they control. Yeah. And so if and we can take know, that back, uh, Otto, it's really served them also to have people be helpless and dependent. And then they have some government entity 
that's created to take care of the helpless and dependent. It's like somebody's always making money off something. And what we're doing, what you're saying is we're going to take away that whole helpless and dependent thing and make everybody contributing, doing something. Um, I well, like and, that. And here's, and here's the biggest, biggest, where the biggest value really comes from. You know, when you leave your money in the bank, you're getting paid what? What's like the average uh, savings right account? now? It's so stupid. What is it? 0.75%? I mean, it's so <laughs> ridiculously low. It's, That's yeah, I mean, insane. when we grew up, when we grew up, yeah, it was a lot more. It was 5% or something. But which it's is, so bad which is right still, now. Which is still insane to me, 5%. Because yeah. what I know that it exists now, it's like, yes. it's so insane. So, you know, the banks, the third party people that have politics and all that stuff mixed in, they have benefited off our backs for decades. And here's the kind of money we're talking about. Um, because we're taking them out of the picture, right? We're removing the third party facilitators. We're removing the third party uh, governments and you know governing powers. And we're like, we don't need you guys. We can do it ourselves. We have the systems. We have everything we need. Once you remove that, all there, all that's left is us, right? And that's essentially how they make their money. They make their money that those third-party facilitators are facilitating uh, the demand side and the supply side. That's it. They're just facilitating those two sides. Once you remove them, you have the two sides kind of doing it with each other. And so there's, you know how much value is in the middle there? <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you. So on the low end of the spectrum, on the very, very low end, low risk, low risk is about 15 to 20% APR. Okay. That's the interest that you get by just putting stable coin, like putting um, like um, stable fiat dollars into a, a crypto protocol today, you get that average payout between 15 to 20%. The more, and, and this is um, in the space, it's not, it's not necessarily about risk. It's more about like how much effort and strategy you put into the protocol that that's the output. So it's really like, you know, like you go to a job, right? The more effort and time and you put into it, you're, you're get a bump in salary, right? And you get more money as more time and effort you put in. Same thing in crypto, same thing in crypto, but it starts at 15 to 20%. <laughs> Whereas in you know, the real world, it starts at zero. You get nothing. You got to go, go do, go do a $15 an hour job. Very different. So on the other end of the spectrum with crypto, the payouts are, and again, I'm, I'm being, I'm, I'm putting it on the low side of the things just so to be, you know, uh, conservative. It's anywhere between half a percent to one percent a day, a day, and that's just a little bit of effort. Putting in a little bit of effort, I'd say maybe an hour or two a day of effort to really start to um, look at the strategies in the project, finding the puzzles that need to be solved and finding the arbitrage, like the, the gap, you know, the gaps of profits. So it's all there. It's all there. It's just a matter of like, did you do the education? Did you put the time into to, to research? And did you like, you know, actually try to gamify it, have fun with it? Um, but yeah, yeah. That's where the, that's where the, a lot of the value really comes in for these DAOs. Um, so the, so the distribution like that, um, fair distribution based on the amount of money they put in, it's, it's, it's like flowing because of this, because we're tapping into these other markets that are doing the same. And so the money is kind of just flowing into it. I love what you're saying too, about the fact that there are people that are trying it right now. And there's companies that are trying to create this system. It's beautiful. Now we'll have, we'll hit the ground running because other people have already begun the work. 
Yeah. And so what I love what you're doing, you're, you're, you're do you're grinding the path out of that system. I'm grinding the path into this new system. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't focus on this side because I felt very, I felt pretty early on, you know, a year and a half ago that I was like, this is like, I'm, I'm wasting so much energy trying to fight for this old system. And, and I, and I, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying this to take it away from everyone that is, but, but we need, we need both sides. We need to be able to get out of it, but, and then we need something to go into or else we're, we're stuck in the middle. Where are we if we don't? So, um, yeah, whatever, whatever passion is inside of you to, for, for those paths, hone into it and try to find what it is for you. Just like Jeff has found his and I'm finding mine. Well, and in the short term, Otto, what I'm really trying to do is get property uh, where I can grow food on it, have a regenerative farm, and then ultimately buy land and on this land uh, create a situation where there's four families living and they're all contributing to each other. So, I mean, the future as I see it, you know, six months to a year to two years from now is there's a lot more, lots more community where we're really contributing with each other. That's, that's again, where crypto just seems really useful because we've got a system outside of their system. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. I love this conversation and I really want to keep it going, but I actually have to, I have to cut it. Um, so I like to leave the last piece of word for, for, for the interviewee. So if you want to leave a last piece of advice or if you want to plug something, yeah, I want yours. to tell I want to tell people where they can find me. Um, you know, Jeff Weitzman on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, other stuff, Telegram. But also my film site is jwfilms.org. And man, the information on that site on how to beat cancer or how to have health. Um, there, there's just some incredible films on there. There's a film of Dr. Christian Northrup that's amazing, talking about ascension, the spiritual process we're going through right now. And I'm going to keep loading more stuff up there. I was just at, um, in Los Angeles, a meeting of doctors, naturopaths, homeopaths, all energy healers, all coming together to figure out how to help people in the midst of their injuries from this latest round of jabs. And it's so beautiful to see all these people coming together and I filmed it. And that film, I'm hopefully going to have out in another uh, couple weeks. But, uh, oh, my God, the future is so bright. Like the more tyranny that they bring down, the more uh, inclusiveness, love, togetherness that is happening. So I'm really excited about the projects I have coming up, Otto, because we're reversing health conditions they never said we could reverse. And I'm just going to keep filming it. And uh, yeah, so jwfilms.org or anywhere on social media is Jeff Weitzman. And I look forward to getting to know people. Thank you, Jeff. Brother, keep doing what you're doing. You're literally a walking angel by <laughs> doing this. Like you're, 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 t- you're, you're, you're creating our history right now. So thank you. Thank you, sir. For really your, appreciate your- it, Otto. Thank you, man. All right. Well, thank you so much, brother. Um, and I'll catch you guys next time. Always remember to gamify your abundance. Love you guys. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Jeff Weitzman, the man, the legend, the leader. He has just been going above and beyond in doing what's necessary to bring justice. And when I say justice, I mean just 
giving us practices that remind us of our sovereignty, remind us of just being, you know, there's, there's almost this like weird perspective that we need to fight for freedom because it's been taken from us. If you've, if, if you have given that power away, if you truly believe that there is someone over you, that is like kind of like your father and, or your mother. And it's, it's just a lot, they're allowing you to be free. Well, that, that right there is, is probably the first obstacle that you need to look at and face because, because that perspective is, is, is putting you in a, in a, um, intellectual cage, spiritual cage, emotional cage, one that you can't see, you can't feel, but it's there. It's just like indoctrination cage. So all that to kind of say that, Jeff, thank you, sir, for being, uh, having the strength, having the courage to step into that role and really show people that it's possible to stand for what you believe in and say what you want to say with love. And there's, there's something important to that. There's something uh, important to knowing that message. And, you know, we're all learning through this. We're all growing through this. I'm sure many of us have lost our shit <laughs> once or twice. But um, all you can do is grow from that, right? All you can do is look back and go, okay, well, that, was, that wasn't really good. I shouldn't do that. I should probably, you know, react a little bit better. Or I should look at myself and, and ask why. Be curious why. And you know, uh, not to pivot to crypto, but I am the I'm a crypto guy. But it kind of plays into what's happening in the crypto space. You know, people are bringing in that same old mindset that somebody needs to lose for you to win. I mean, it plays into this. This is all connected. It's all connected. It is all, in my opinion, about giving away your power, and giving away your power means something on every level, spiritual, emotional, physical, intellectual. And the more you can hone in to what that means for you, right? The more you can become aware and ask the right questions to become more in tune and have more clarity of what that means for you, the more you can expand, the more you can take in new information without getting triggered or being reactive. And so that plays into crypto. It plays into the finances as well. The more you become aware of your own relationship to money and what that looks like for you, the more you can expand your, your abundance, the more you can bring in abundance because you're now becoming aware of the boogeyman. You then pick him up and you go, I don't like you anymore. You're not constructive to my life anymore. And you throw it away. You let it go because that's the only way we're going to be able to take in new information and taking the new concepts and the new ideologies and the new perspectives and the new beliefs. So if you wanna dive in deeper into what that means for you, what that relationship to money looks like for you, I take everyone on a 30-day journey called Unbank Yourself that not only teaches the, the practical steps of unbanking, like getting out of the crypto of the uh, SWIFT system, but also getting into the, or, and then getting into the, the blockchain system, but also introducing passive income options. So if you want to go on that journey with me to then find the confidence and the strength inside of you to take back responsibility of your finances, then join me on that journey. Classes are going to be starting soon. Uh, make sure you sign up. It's autogomes.live forward slash unbank yourself. 
All right, everyone. I thank you so much for listening to this episode with Jeff. Jeff, thank you, sir, for being a part of this episode. And always remember to gamify your abundance. Love you guys.